Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmos Spaces, Cosmonaut Bear Boot Camp, hosted by Tendermint Timmy. Let's take a listen. Ben, you are too quick. If we get like, uh, if we get too small of a turnout tonight, we might wrap us into, I saw Pylons is doing a space at the exact same time. Um, and I think they're actually kind of cool. Kind of wish they picked another time, but. If they're still going, maybe hour into this or something might shut her down, transition people over that way. But we'll see. We'll see what's going on, Tricky. Tricky, you want to come up and speak tonight? You're just a listener. I'll shoot you an invite. Feel free to not accept it if you want to stay down there. Nitigo, Zero Oss, Jay Smiles, Crypto Tech, Roy, Crypto Cow. Thank you all for coming, Cowboy. What's up? What's up? How's it going, man? I feel like I haven't talked to you, and it's probably only been a week. But <laughs> feels like a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been like a week. Freaking all that, that Austin stuff going on. It's uh, it's been good. oh yeah, it's busy but busy but. Dude, let's, let's start on that light news. Like I, as you know, I didn't get a chance to go, but how was it? Besides, awesome, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, awesome. Um, got to meet a lot of people. Um, a lot of faces to JPEGs and voices. Um, so that was like really cool. I think, you know, there's, there's always tons of talks and, you know, like content that we can always find on Twitter, YouTube, you know, all that stuff. So, um, some of the, the talks are really cool because there was, you know, certain people we wanted to see, but I think the real value in those is networking and be able to meet each other and, you know, going to the little after events and, you know, hanging out with people and, you know, just, you know, just networking in general, because um, there's everybody in one place and it's so hard to do that um, any other time. So I really enjoy I, I I love the whole finally putting a face to like a voice yep. that you've probably <laughs> constructed. You've constructed a face for that voice in your head. And I can only imagine an event like that. You get like multiple of those moments every day. Yep. Like, oh, my God, your ex Twitter handle. You're <laughs> literally. And like the the passes didn't even have names on them, so like, you know, it's not even like you could be like, oh, how's your your Twitter handle? Like, you know, I signed up with Tricky for everything, thinking it was gonna say Tricky, but it was just a pass. So you had to literally uh, listen to people talk for a few seconds, and then you could be like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> that's a, you know, a true person. But like you said, there was a couple of people who you're like, you have a face constructed, and you're like, it's just not who you had constructed in your in your mind, and then you're just like have to get used to it but but it's it's hilarious it's, it's always weird for like the first yeah like day and then it's like all right yeah this is you yeah like <laughs> kevin i was super surprised when i met kevin because he didn't have a camera next to his face you know i just always imagined him Are you <laughs> sure that was kevin? yeah no, no i met kevin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he didn't have a camera it was weird maybe it wasn't kevin 
but um you know and then like you know we're all like i'm an ape you know so people are probably like oh man he's he's not a he's not a giant ape <laughs> um, i know. think i think for, for anyone that like keeps a profile picture for a decent amount of time it'd be great if you could just print out like a sticker just just slap that on the chest it'd be instant yeah. it'd be like oh <laughs> That's what, I was, that's what I was saying is like they should put like uh, instead of just even names or anything on these these passes, just a profile picture. Like, all right, what's your Twitter profile picture? Boom, put that on your pass, and everybody will be able to to recognize you by that. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna try and make it next year into just some future events. Um, seemed fun. Yeah, it was super fun. I mean, even if we get some smaller ones going or get another big like you know like the other half of cosmoverse like cosmoverse is the one one big event and then we have another big event you know like there'll be more opportunities plus yeah, it's all the random crypto stuff what's going on cosmos DeFi? one of the most like og names like straight up handles out here on twitter i don't know how you snag that one yeah yo. <laughs> I don't know how I got it either. And I think that's what suckered me into the, uh, into the ecosystem. I, I think it was like January or February. I made this Twitter and I was like, Oh my God, how, how does no one have Cosmos DeFi? And then I took Cardano DeFi also, which wasn't taken, but I haven't done anything with that account. That's, I mean, kind of makes sense. Cause Cardano still doesn't really have DeFi, but still crazy. I mean, I kid, I kid. No, they don't. They have they have they have NFTs, which the chain works fine for. But I, I remember I was before all this big sell-off. I think pool number one on Osmosis had like ten times the liquidity as all of Cardano's total value locked. Oh my god! I remember they they did have the one exchange like Sunday swap, and I only remember that because of the jokes going around like. Yeah, they measure in in TPS. It's like two or three TPS. Only TPS stands for transactions per Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> cute. You know, I I've, I'm trying to research their dexes because I'm in a I'm in a really good Discord where a lot of NFT creators are in, like like twenty or thirty of them. So they always talk about DeFi and Cardano, and every time I ask questions, they can never answer any of my questions. So I kept, <laughs> what is the point of holding any Dex token? Just because the APR is high, if you don't need the token to actually use the right. and you know, it was like a back and forth for a couple of days. So I, I read the white paper for their main decks, which is MinSwap. And look, it looks it looks all right, you know, as from a user standpoint, it's limited by the chain right now. But the developer of that platform emailed me back and told me that it is a valueless governance token. And I thought <laughs> And I have it in my email and I can't believe it. So that, was, he, was he maybe trying to say that in like a legally covering ass way? Like, oh no, it's valueless. No, it's just no, for government. Or was he straight up like. He was saying that they rolled the token out and they will be adding functionality to it later and uh, buy and sell at your own risk if you're a speculator or a degenerate. Like it, the token is out there. Uh, yeah. but, um, I, I emailed him back today and I'm like, please let me just like talk to you for like 20 or 25 minutes on YouTube. Cause I really would like to just ask a million questions about um, how a platform can, the value of a platform can, can translate to the token. And, and when it, what would, what would make the adoption of the protocol 
now be reflected in the token price that you don't need because because you don't pay gas fees in that token osmosis I, is a little bit different i assume they weren't interested or um i didn't check my email but i i i, <laughs> I don't know they're not gonna they're not gonna talk about their so their... well here's what's interesting if they at all were interested but maybe we're skeptical of like you know just wanting to attack them no, no. To be honest, that's an interesting conversation to be to have because like the cosmos needs to have it too. We we're, we're not immune from that. We have tokens that either uh, a like have promised value down the road that don't right now, or that uh, you know like I think until future applications kick in, which I do believe in because I know some of the people building it. So do not take this as fun. But like raw fits in that category, right? Absolutely. Like, raw, yeah, and so it's a good conversation to have, actually, and I wonder if they would be interested in actually having it. I'll be honest with you. Every single airdrop token fits into that category because they, they have to give it away in the beginning. And the way my brain works is if you're giving me something for free and I could trade it for something that I know costs money, I'm going to trade it for something that I know mm-hmm. costs money. So I, I did dump my raw airdrop. I didn't understand this during the, net, the NADA airdrop. I was like, oh, the supply is so limited. I'll just hold on to this. And that was like probably the worst thing I did the whole market cycle. But it it was a gift anyway. So I can't beat myself up. But in general, I would look at a layer one like Osmosis with the Osmo token that's needed to use the, the decks built on top of it. I would look at that different than, you know, for example, on Cardano, they have three different DEXs. They each have their own token, but you don't need that token. It doesn't pay gas. Um, people are just going to get the token because they, they're going to buy the token for two reasons, either because the APR is high to, to pool it with, with ADA tokens, which only has a 5% APR for staking, or they're going to buy it just because they think other people are going to buy it. And then it becomes, yeah. it becomes like an NFT mint, Right. So it's it's so here's the interesting thing like Cardano's like kind of an OG at least in existing, not in having like at this point. And so, but this will be the first bear cycle they go through where it's like they have something to lose. Yeah, not just lose, but like it's no longer only hopes and promises. There are things built that will not survive, right? Because of like exactly what you're talking about now, like. To be honest, already because I do follow the um that that NFT ecosystem. I love it. It it's it, they have so many projects, and some of those projects have been around for over a year. And the they're Cardano, been, NFTs. Yeah, there's like oh, there's that's like, cool. I didn't know that. There's like over five thousand verified projects on their like data analytics hub, and a lot of those projects have now mm-hmm. basically taken the form of like startup companies, and they're actually delivering on roadmap stuff. And what I noticed about two months ago was a big separation between what I would consider to be the top tier projects and the mediocre projects. Um, a bunch of the floor prices shot up for the, the top tier ones, even during this like big, you know, well, it was a slow sell off at that point before the terror thing and the mediocre tokens are, are going down. A mediocre NFTs are going down, you know, where like, you know, there there's no clear roadmap or there's just no clear, you know, reason to hold, to, to be that optimistic with holding that NFT. And I think that that started already over there. Like I would say like two to two and a half months ago, um, there are games being developed like blockchain games where demos are either 
about to release or will in like quarter three. Um, and then there's stuff where it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do a Twitter raid or let's, let's all buy the floor at the same time. Like they're not really doing anything um, really to add value to the project, but yeah, they, they, if they go through a long cycle, they don't have much DeFi to really take a huge hit. If anything, right. it'd be a blessing in disguise because they need, they need lots of chain upgrades to be able to handle transactions. Cause you can't do, you can't from your, from your wallet on Cardano, you can't do like two transactions in 20 seconds. You can't do that. Um, it, it just doesn't work. So, and their, their wallets are very bad. I have to say their wallets, they have a, they have a full node wallet, which is really good, but you have to be on a desktop computer to use it. Oh. Um, and it's not, it's just not going to cut it for DeFi, you know, for NF, they had NFTs before smart contracts, which is weird. So that's why the NFTs are so, I, would, I wouldn't say advanced, but they're, they're, they're established, but yeah, they, yeah. They'll, if they go through a long period. It'll be interesting to see if they end up with like, like two dozen really, really highly regarded NFT projects. And then like 5,000 projects that are just selling for like the minimum price on the secondary market, just because of like the casualties of this, what's coming, you know, or what's right. about here. Yeah. So I guess, I guess that's one thing in particular, actually, you said in there, this, this, this might be a good segue sort of. So what I, what I kind of wanted to do tonight is just our typical um, chat, chat about whatever. If anyone has any questions, as always, this is the time to ask, but put a little bit of a bear market spin on it, unfortunately, in just addressing things, looking at it from those angles. I have like a list of some things I want to touch on, but rather than like go through bullet points, I'd rather just kind of touch on them as they come up in sort of conversation. And one of the things you mentioned um, on, on the Cardano uh, NFTs, I'm not sure if you're talking about the NFTs or all the projects in general, but either way, you mentioned like sort of the gap widening between the like yeah. solid ones and the mediocre. And like, that's, that is one of the weird silver linings that a bear market brings. And it's, it's not even a silver lining in that it's purely good, but it's something that can be helpful and that does need to happen where in these times, you know, you can use the sort of two, two different factors going on. One, lack of funds and resources for some teams. You can see who are able to manage that, who's planned ahead, which projects are ready for bear and have thought about it. Uh, yep. And then also just commitment and attitude, right? You see which ones don't just pack in the towel and disappear and stop posting around there. And so because of those two things kind of in varying degrees, you see that gap that you were talking about start to widen. And so like one of my points I wanted to touch on is obviously take the bear market as a time to do research. And I think people throw that around a lot, but it's sometimes kind of... Uh, stopped or or left at just you know there's a lot of downtime you're not and there's not crazy stuff going on so you have more time to research but it's more than that it's that the bear market and the conditions that it creates give you a unique lens to do your research through where you can see sort of the true colors of projects you can see which ones have a loyal following during bear which ones continue to engage with it which ones continue you don't have to code to know how to look at github commits um all that sort of stuff. So, I think I think that's like really great advice yeah. because even if you don't understand every little thing about a certain chain, when the next you know rush of projects comes during a bull market, you'll have some context to compare, at least compare them to, and just say you know 
well, this looks exactly like this one that I've been researching, except their team isn't doxxed. Like they're, no one knows who they are, right? Just little things like that help you. Um, it, it definitely helped me. Cause I, you know, I was, I bought my first crypto in like, I don't know, maybe like 16 or 17. And I did not know anything. What was your first buy? Just curious, Bitcoin? Ripple. Before Bitcoin? Yeah, because I didn't even know. I didn't know. I was on. I didn't buy Bitcoin because of the prices. I was always looking for that like token under a dollar, you know. And I, I was. I fell into. You were just nail. You were nail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't even. I didn't understand market cap. I would say until I started like paying more attention to my stock portfolio. But I think market cap is the most important thing as like a raw number to compare, yeah. you know. And I didn't know that. And I got. I was losing money even as the prices were going up. Cause I just didn't know what I was doing. And I, and I, right. and, and the exchange that I used, I don't even think there were stable coins to put your money into. So like if one of my tokens, if one of my tokens went up like five X, I would sell it. Oh, I made a five X profit. That's great. Then it would go up like another 15 X. And, yeah. like, and then I would buy it again and then it would dump. And then I would, and then I didn't know what, where to put the money. Cause I, I, I don't think. And, that and hopefully too, I assume at this point in your sort of crypto career, you've realized that you're not alone in that. And that maybe like um, 70 to 80 percent of people who kind of got into trading went through that. It's, it's funny. Well, the way I, th- I think of it is I don't care if anyone else is going through it because my mistakes, you know, mistakes are compounding over time it just just like great decisions compound over time so i try to always now um just think about okay if if this is a big mistake that i'm about to do this will hurt me 10 times more a year or five years from now right so so back then i didn't i just didn't know what i was doing and it was so hard to get information you know that there there was really there was really no place to go there were a couple people on youtube but you could only learn about the tokens that they were putting out videos on um even like some major i remember like i remember that was pretty much the but that bitcoin talk like forums were the i remember using them being like i haven't like cared about checking a forum site or engaging in like so long this feels weird like (laughs) but like that was one of the places to go right it's like because every token even if it wasn't on something like cmc yet probably did its first little announcement on the Bitcoin talk forums back then. And so it's just a wild word of like, okay, this is where I'm doing my research and investing. And that's only even some people who found that someone like you is totally new would obviously not have. You're just on YouTube. I, I was just, you know, so the first time I ever heard of Bitcoin was like 2012. I was playing in a poker game. And when the guy went to cash me, it was like an underground poker game in like someone's, you know, like an organized illegal game. And um, the guy said, he shows me his phone. He goes, look, I've been buying and selling these things, Bitcoin. Um, I could give you three of them, or I could just give you the 250 bucks uh-huh. that you're cashing out. And I, and I was took, like, you took I, the money. I didn't even have a smartphone. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and I just took the 250 bucks. I probably spent it on sushi and beer. And the one thing that I think about that is that even if I took the Bitcoin, I would have sold it probably after two X. Right. And that's yeah, no, absolutely. Like, right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. My, no, I still the, think the very my early that, days were like different than now too. Even some of, if someone were to give you the, like the exact same advice that they gave, you know, a bull yeah, run ago, but, it wouldn't even make sense at this point. My I've, my two biggest blunders were the the Nada airdrop. I could have 
done like that would have been really crazy if i had the sense to like look around and say uh maybe this is a market top when they're airdropping me you know ten thousand dollars worth of a made-up token that that just appeared today right and that the other thing is after the 2008 collapse or whatever you want to call it 2018 collapse i just didn't log into my accounts for like a year so i didn't <laughs> I, I didn't sell anything which was great yeah but I, didn't, I didn't buy i didn't buy anything until i live in new york it, and it sucks new york is, we got kicked off of all of our exchanges so i would see an email hey you have 30 days to clear out your binance account you have 30 days to get all your money off of uh whatever bittrex uh, I, I forget and then i realized i'm like oh maybe i should like pay attention to this because i got some bitcoin here i got a little bit of ethereum what one day during the whole 2018 2019 lull i logged into my coinbase account and ethereum was 150 bucks and i had exactly 150 bucks in my account and i bought one so that was like the, that, the but i did not sell it at four thousand, right I, I still have it so it, it, that was that was you know that that bear market if i had just once a week, spent an hour or two, you know, looking into some stuff. I probably would have picked up a lot more on Ethereum and, you know, Decentraland and Uniswap and whatnot. And who knows? But this, like your original point was, was great because it's risk-free to research stuff, right? You, you, you just spend time and just, you could even set a time, like, you know, your lunch break, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And I think that that compounds over a year or however long you can do that for and it, it the next bull market you'll probably be a little bit better you'll have more discretion i would say so you're not spreading yeah. your money out into too many projects because the more projects you spread your money out into the more likely it is you're going to hit some of the tokens that are going to go to zero right it's like it's like trying to bet on every game like every basketball yeah, game. yeah like it, that's one of those examples of strategies that do actually work straight up like they will perform better in bold than bear. Like in bold, you can, at least at the right times, if you get the timing right, you could buy like a hundred yeah. different no name shit coins and probably get some crazy profit if you mm -hmm. were to just like preset ahead of time, you know. Right. Sets. Yeah, if, on like most if, of them. But if you're new, I think I always have a strategy for like, I'm not saying picking bottoms, but I'm always good at getting good entry points into my tokens, but then I just don't know when to sell them. <laughs> so, so uh, it's, it's, I do too. And it's because I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's the corniest answer, but I'm so blinded by the tech. I'm never like, I'm like, Why? I know this is overvalued, but like, I don't care. Yeah. Cause it won't be in like 10 years. I love it. Like what if, I what if I'm wrong even in the evaluation? <laughs> that has screwed me a couple of times. But. I did the same thing with, with stargaze. And I remember I was talking to a validator like I, I happened to just, you know, just uh, message a validator, and then he did a Google Meet with me to explain exactly how validating works on the, on 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 uh, Cosmos, and we were talking about Stargaze, and I'm like, you know, the market cap's like 400 million, and they don't even have anything yet. Yeah, really? like they're an NFT platform. They have there has not been one NFT, and I got a whole bunch of tokens. I'm like, they don't have anything, and you know, same thing. He was telling me all about the tech, and I'm like, well. I guess I can't go wrong staking it at 120% APR. <laughs> so I had all my, I had a nice stargaze airdrop, which I still have <laughs> compounding. And uh, it's, 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 like I said, I had no context of like, is 400 million really that big of a market cap? Or is this a nice small market cap for like a potential, you know, big player in the NFT space? It's just, it's just, again, what you said is great in terms of 
research and i feel like research I think you, that there particularly too actually i think market cap is something i want to talk about a little bit and like touch on um so i'll probably like keep you, uh, us right here for now but i do want to i want to quickly let mayor and like brits hop in if they'd like any of you guys been sitting up here Sure, sure. Feel free to give away my mic. I appreciate you letting me talk. I have to actually interview someone in like two minutes, so I'm going to jump off here, but thank you so much. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for coming out, man, as always. Yep. Hi. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Just working on some stuff. Trying to get through this hydro white paper. Oh, it works. (laughs) I was about to say stuff. I assume you mean Google Sheets, but no, yeah. Nice white paper digging. I like it. Mayor, what about you? Hey Tim, Grits. Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right, man. Just uh, trying to uh, uh, enjoy the day a little bit, and you know, uh, check out some of the news that's going on. You know, with the Fed did the interest rate hike today, so I mean, it was pretty much expected. But just some uh, interesting uh, little reaction by the market. So looks like. Um, there's been a little bit of a bounce. I guess we could we could technically call this a bounce. <laughs> and um, oh, beats. don't realize my mic muted. Yeah, I think like I saw I saw some posts that got a lot of traction today on Twitter. I don't know if some of you guys saw it. It wasn't from like a cosmonaut. It was just something in because you follow cryptocurrency, but uh, that was like on chain data and and. XYZ, you know, does suggest that, you know, a lot of the recent selling was forced selling on one or two like major ETH positions that rippled throughout the market. So there's a chance we find like a short term bottom here or even a a long term bottom. And I actually think that's good logic and that's very possible. Um, But one of my little bullet points, the one I'll probably repeat the most tonight is like expect the unexpected in a bear market. So even including the reversal. The reversal will probably usually look something like a perfect reversal that's starting to go up and then has a crazy flash dump out of nowhere before shooting back up or just something. Like, however you want to factor that into your strategies. Um, I don't think you're wrong at all, May. I didn't mean to like call you out. I think we are seeing no. a little bit of a short-term bottom here. I, I've actually been kind of trading in accordance, but very tentatively. Um, but man yeah the one bullet point i'll probably harp on tonight is just whatever it seems like don't have confidence in 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 like bull things are pretty there's an interesting dichotomy between bull and bear in like every market if if you don't believe crypto's a scam and you think it's like as a whole it's something that's going to keep going so everyone in this room then you believe it kind of works like traditional markets at least to an extent where Overall, the chart goes up and to the right, right? As more projects build, more money is created, more people are on earth using the system, the overall value of everything goes up. This kind of inherently like taints the bull bear dichotomy to where they're not like polar opposites. You do treat them slightly differently. Like a bear will not go on forever. Whereas you zoom out enough and a bull technically kind of is and up until you know, the country whose stock market it is collapses or uh, we'll see what happens with crypto and it's kind of countryless and worldwide. But so there is this like interesting way of that. And I think people who don't even realize that at a face value, it still plays in subconsciously where 
the end result is that like when things are in full bull, it's much more consistent that like things are going to, there's going to be sharp drops every now and then you gotta, you gotta prune out over leveraged longs and such. But like, for the most part, things are going to do what you expect. They're going to like pump. Um, but in bear, things are definitely going to go down consistently, especially in crypto bear, but just like not in a way, I guess some summation of this, like definitely don't short, don't, don't start leverage trading. Now, if you're down a bunch of money and you think, Oh, things are just so like, so bloodbath, we're getting a bounce now, but it won't last. Maybe I'll try leverage and shorting so I can profit off the down. Like everything's just bears could end at any moment. At any moment, some the the war in in Ukraine could peacefully, randomly somehow come to an end. The Fed could, for whatever reason, pull a one eighty. Like those things can always happen, and so inherently, bear is like a little bit more unpredictable than bull. And and that's not to say bull's consistent, but I hope that that kind of makes yeah. sense. Well, yeah, no, I, I was listening to another space earlier today. Um, it was uh, Real Vision. And they were talking about the overall macro stuff, and um, like I like I said, I, I think what we're seeing today is you know a lot of short covering. You know, you're getting this little bounce right now because of all the new. Everyone was waiting on today because of the news to see if they do fifty basis points versus seventy five. So, um, but one of the interesting things in that other spaces I was listening to, they were talking about macro stuff, is that. Um, you know, that, you know, Bitcoin tends to be like, uh, a forward looking, um, inflation indicator. So it's, it's like, yeah, Bitcoin had its run, you know, in 2019 and 2020, but then, you know, there was the pandemic stuff in 2020, but for the rest of 2020, 2021. And so, um, you know, it's like, well, the question is why why is bitcoin going down if inflation is such an issue and it's like well bitcoin had it it's looks ahead you know 18 months so it's like with inflation being the big issue now with the fed tightening there's there's just so many moving moving indicators it's like you know with the fed raising interest rates it's like they're taking all the that risk and all that leverage out of the system you know yeah like, and and Personally, this one's less based on anything concrete. Like I think, you know, thinking Bitcoin's eighteen months, a couple years, whatever ahead makes sense. Well, looks looks ahead, you know, at the at the inflation, you know, right? If inflation's going to be coming down because the Fed's going to keep raising interest rates, that's why people aren't going to just pile into Bitcoin right now because it's like, okay, we're going. Yeah, also, I mean, I think that's definitely true. just just straight up to to some extent but a, another thing i realistically feel is that like the core sort of purpose that we all believe um stepping aside from crypto as a whole just looking at bitcoin for a second um that like bitcoin can that we all believe in uh the purpose that bitcoin has i kind of don't think that that's something that's going to be realized maybe in my lifetime, at least maybe in the next, next 20, 30, 40 years, because all that Bitcoin has is its sort of code. It has static things that are set in, in place, such as the amount of tokens that will ever exist. So 
it's going to get adopted at just whatever rate it does based on us governments, whatever, like it's not going to necessarily innovate in too many ways to drastically shift that adoption curve and for it to serve the purposes of like being the hedge against inflation or being a true equivalent to digital gold or, uh, you know, a, a world currency reserve currency or something like that. I think that is Bitcoin's future. I believe in that, but I believe like it's personally something like my kids will probably profit from as opposed to me. Not in that I certainly won't see great profits in my lifetime. I already have, but that level of importance of being a world reserve currency or a hedge against inflation that can only come with like, at least a generation's worth of trust, like a generation that grew up understanding Bitcoin, believing that it's a hedge against inflation, because I'm going to sound like slightly hippie-ish here or whatever, oh, but like yeah. in a way, all economies are just sort of made up numbers. We assign values to monies, blah, 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 whatever. And Bitcoin's no different. The only thing that gives things value is that people have come to agree on and trust these systems that we have in place. And Bitcoin's going to take a lot of time. It's revolutionary, so it's going faster than any alternatives that have popped up. It, it has the tech for it, but uh, its biggest selling points of being that like hard money, basically, is like a long ways off because it relies on truly organic, incredibly widespread adoption. <clears throat> so it doesn't really surprise me at all that Bitcoin doesn't react positively when you know inflation and the overall economy starts getting shit because. The, the yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, money of the world. Yeah, they're not there yet, right? They're it's, not it's, with it us. It still has very low adoption, and it's um, somehow we are still early. Yeah, truly. Well, it, actually, I have a point. I have a point on that. Uh, yeah, jump in. I'm pretty sure we're going to be in like a sideways slash downturn market until the regulation for crypto in the fall. So that'll be a huge thing on top of you know the rate hikes ending towards December. And then oh, yeah. I mean, that, months down the road, people will start accumulating for the halving, right? So I think a yeah. year and a half or so, we're going to see some action probably. But yeah, I think we're pretty bearish at the moment. Yeah, that, that's an that's a, important too, because it's like, it's, it is, um, <clears throat> I guess what, what I'd say to that is I, I actually more or less agree with you. Um, oh, I'm, I'm hedging my bets that way. It'll be but, like the Bitcoin pizza, right? To now, it's finally been accomplished. It would be a huge, you know, party situation for crypto, really. What do you mean? Well, it's been like I remember when the Bitcoin pizza happened, and everybody was talking like, "Oh, we're going to make it to, you know, being the financial, you know, thing." And now, now we're looking at regulation ten years later in Bitcoin. Crypto will have made it, and I assume after regulation comes in, massive you know investment will come into the space because there are pathways to lending protocols and stuff like that. People can actually use it. Yeah, right. I, th I think it's the stablecoin regulation that's probably going to be coming maybe at the end of this year. Who knows? No, they're doing it all. They're, they're doing it all at once. You think so? With one of these big big bills that's getting kind of worked on right now. Uh, the uh, the SEC chairman uh, said it was the Algorand. Uh, 
and these bills, they just got so much stuff in it and they're trying to include all, all forms of crypto. They're trying to just define everything for the future. And another thing is, I find the parallels very oddly similar to the 1970s and the 70s specifically with this war and everything. I just find it very oddly timed. Not conspiracy yeah. or anything, but I think it's because look all the all the innovation in the 80s. You know what I mean? It's yeah, great. Yeah, that is a big wild card I haven't been thinking about is the regulation. Like if if we could get some kind of crypto friendly regulation that you know is willing to keep DeFi around, but you know not totally shut it all down. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it'll 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 be interesting to see what what all they tolerate and what all they try to try to shut down. I haven't been keeping I think, up. With I think I think DeFi will have to comply to the standards of regulations based off of where you are, but I think they'll probably have more wiggle room because if they make regulation too hard here, they'll just go somewhere. Everybody will just build somewhere else. It's just the way it is. They don't want yeah. to do that. So that was a huge concern in the stablecoin hearing when I was listening to it. I get tank up here. You want to hop in? Hey, what's going on guys? Hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, I, I wanted to chime in real quickly um, and ask you guys why you guys are speaking about definitions. Uh, you know, of cryptos and whatnot. What did you guys think about Michael Saylor's uh, comment on his Twitter when he basically said, you know, because we all know he's a Bitcoin maxi, uh, that Bitcoin, uh, everything, proof of work would be accepted, but everything that is proof of stake would be labeled as a security. What did you guys think about that? What's your guys' opinion? Obviously, you know, we're all cosmonauts, but like, what did you guys think? That'd be one for you, Jamie. Uh, you know more about that. I mean, yeah. it's a- yeah. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Tim. I only saw like the tweet in passing. I don't. I didn't dig in. I don't know. Was that do you today? Know if, do you know if he has any like backing behind that, like authority or just well, inside source? Well, type? I um, you know, obviously, I wasn't able to read the, everything. I, I I read. Uh, I think I said it in my stream a couple times. I read uh, the March uh, version of the bits and pieces that I was able to read. I wasn't able to read the entire thing. Uh, but I'm just kind of, uh, I'm I'm drawing, connecting dots and kind of just assuming basically everybody that was on the panel uh, that made up the good um, majority, uh, you know, of the people that contributed to the framework of the verbiage that was presented in this new regulation proposal, uh, I mean, kind of easy to see that basically every single one of them were Bitcoin maxis. So like they have a reason to pretty much say that. And then when he tweeted it, I was thinking, oh, goodness. You know, he's going to go out here and try to like just hunt down everything that's proof of stake or that's not Bitcoin and and try to label everything as securities. And I'm sure that the ignorance that they have already in there, I mean, I'm just assuming that it would kind of fall in line with what he's uh, contributed through the, the, you know, the verbiage of it. But it's just interesting. I I know. And again, it's just coming off the tweet. What if that's that's why they're delaying Ethereum? (laughs) That'd be conspiracy stuff. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Like they they basically said before that Bitcoin and Ethereum would be basically grandfathered in and given a pass. But, you know, even though right now Ethereum is still POW merging with their mechanism to being proof of stake, not not like Cosmos or anything else entirely, but, you know, they are merging to that proof of stake. Like it's just a really interesting comment for him to make. Uh, and I'm I'm worried because even though I wasn't able to read the rest of the old version, I'm assuming, of that of that um, presentation or, or verbiage in, in their presentation for, for regulation, 
I, I just it was it was a wild comment to read on his Twitter. You know, I'm like, oh, really? You think everything uh, proof of stake is going to be a security? Well, remember you were mentioning on your stream, or we both mentioned that, that the Tezos case, right? In your state. Yeah, yeah. If you guys aren't familiar with that, it was it was really interesting. We were talking about it. Uh, so in Tennessee, you guys know I live in Tennessee. Uh, I forget what year it was. It was a few. I think it was actually a few years ago. Uh, but a couple that was that lived in Tennessee was mining uh, Tezos, and apparently, uh, and I could be getting the exact details kind of a little bit mixed up, but it was basically this, where the IRS had taxed them on their um, on their holdings that they earned through mining, even though they didn't fully recognize it. So, like, they were just getting rewarded, but oh, they recorded it. It was staking. I don't think Jesus. Was yeah, it's staking rewards. Staking, staking rewards. Staking yeah. rewards, just like anything else. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but what had happened was they they paid what the IRS had told them to pay, uh, but then they said, you know, wait a minute, hold on. They took them to court, and they actually won a favorable uh, decision from the judge, and the IRS actually refunded them. So it's kind of set the standard in a court of law. Uh, you know, and I kind of don't want to go, but I guess it is. Uh, important, but it's kind of like, you know, when it, and I'm not a paralegal, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm just going by what I know. But when you, when you do that, when, when a court case is actually, you know, uh, settled favorably, it sets a standard going forward. Yeah, of acceptance. Yes. And so that's kind of, kind of funny because where if that's already, so wait, in I, place, to, I remember, I remember hearing about that case, but Either I didn't read it correctly, or for some reason my brain was turned off that day. I don't think I. They fully didn't sell. Me. They they didn't sell their staking rewards. So if you don't yeah. sell, you can't be taxed. That, okay, that's what it was. It was just so that they hadn't. They had. If you restake your rewards, then there you're not selling. So there's nothing. There's no taxable event. And yeah, that, but that's, that's two tanks point. Like if I was any proof of stake project, I would use that as my backdoor. It's like, look, you've already set the precedent that. Proof of stake assets aren't securities because the staking rewards aren't considered dividends. And that's what you would consider a security giving out like equity like that would be like dividends. So that's like, like you said, crypto team, that's like a president exactly. at your back door. Like, look, IRS and you got you guys have already said it's not a security. So what are you doing? Yeah, you it's, it's, it's really important for people to know that case. And that in the code, our fact is they the IRS refunded them. They I mean, they complied with the the uh the judge's uh findings and refunded them back so that you know right there kind of staples down and contradicts what michael saylor and what they're trying to present uh going forward you know if just you know i'm just assuming if they're trying to attack proof of stake eco uh ecosystems in that way and labeling them a security it's kind of like well wait a minute you can't you know you can't do that after the fact now even especially since you guys actually acknowledged it and and followed through so i kind yeah. of while you guys were talking about i thought it was an interesting thing to get you guys you know i just there's, yeah. there's also just a train of thought i'm trying to think so i'll preface this by saying that uh the u.s legal system is bullshit and there's a good chance that that could happen like proof of stakes being labeled securities just for some asinine reason like that's that's within the realm of possibility but I've just, i'm just i've been thinking about it uh and it, it doesn't seem to make any actual sense because the only thing I can think of, of like what uh, a proof of the difference between a proof of work and proof of stake asset uh, that as far as what I know about securities law, which is admittedly not that much, 
um, there's nothing like actually there. So the only thing I could maybe think of is like Genesis. So because mining, the input is electricity, the output is coins, you can start from nothing with no kind of like investment or like seed sort of ICO or airdrop or Genesis. Whereas with proof of stake, in theory, uh, it takes coins to create more coins. So the initial coins have to just sort of be made in a different fashion in some sense, like what we know is an airdrop. And so like, that's the only angle I can even think of from any kind of technical or legislative, uh, like if we're just going to pretend that the law was going to be righteous as it should be, and actually like follow by the book, I I can't think of anything else that would actually differentiate them as far as being labeled as a security. There are other things that determine whether or not something should be a security. It's, it's very weird. So I think like where, like what we're going to see is I think uh, Hesser Pierce has kind of like laid the groundwork for this is there's going to be like a grace period where there's, there's some projects that have come out that have done like ICOs and things like that, that really flirt with like along the borderlines of being a security and those are the ones that are really going to have to come in compliance. But then there is ones, there are ones like in the cosmos where there was no ICO or anything like that. So you really can't say that it is a security. I think it goes into the technicalities when it looks like, okay, if you took away, like whether there's a token or not, are there people that are investing into a product and expecting a return? Um, and like, how is the, how was that investment offered? You know, when it's offered just on a DEX and it's just anybody and everybody, that's different. But when they do ICOs and things like that, that's where, like, they kind of are, you know, trying to get away with things that they shouldn't be. Yeah, I can. I completely agree. I, I, I kind of explained this uh, for a while now. The, uh, for me personally, as an investor, being in the Cosmos ecosystem, one of the biggest pluses for me uh, when I was looking at the Cosmos initially was the fact of how many things actually, and you know, how many things are actually birthed and the way that they're actually birthed within the cosmos uh, via airdrops, you know, and, and via, I know, like Jake Tricky said, so, you know, obviously some of them have uh, had, you know, pre-sales, ICOs and yada, yada, yada. But the ones uh, that have not, like, are really one of the biggest reasons why I got ultra bullish amongst many uh, for the Cosmos ecosystem, because that for me, again, securities and like uh, Timmy said, unfortunately, as little as we understand it, because it's such it's such a fucked up thing. It's such an old definition and it's such a gray area that gets manipulated. But like, as far as I understand it, and I think I have a pretty good understanding of it, if it is airdropped to you, like a lot of our uh, projects and protocols, uh, that we enjoy right now in the Cosmos ecosystem has been that tip like basically defines whether or not it's a security or not, because there's no promise made for, you know, XYB profit or whatever that scale is uh, up front. And that's, again, another big I think There's uh, it, this is something I just heard, like pure anecdotally. So huge grain of salt, because this sounds like something that could just kind of catch on and, and kind of go around. but. I also heard there might be a factor or there was a factor to it of whether or not the token has a price at the time of airdrop. I know some projects, I think that's where I heard it. A project or two told me that like we're not being listed on DEXs for like, you know, a couple of days after launch. 
uh, or weeks, whatever it was, like partly for that reason, so that when the airdrop happens and it is like its genesis occurs, there's no price you can like associate with it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, yep. No, yeah. I, that's yep. You're right. But again, yeah, not not too sure if there's if, if that's anything that's see cause the reason I'm skeptical of that, and I gave it a big sort of like pre-warning is. That just seems like too um, comprehensive for the SEC or IRS or whoever will like be handling that. Like that seems like almost like that makes too much sense, and they'd actually kind of understand crypto because I don't know what the equivalent of that would be. I guess it would just be giving out shares in a company before it's publicly traded, but like that's not very equivalent. So I, I don't know. Yeah, but, and I, but it's it's such a like I said, it's such a gray, murky area when they talk about securities because it's such an old definition, uh, you know, that they've that they're trying to apply, and the technology that we have now, and just the industry that we're in, the ecosystem that we're not just Cosmos, but you know, as a whole for crypto, it 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 it's it's I've, everybody said it before, but it just cannot be applied in the version or in the the actual. Um, way that it's presented now like it's, yeah it doesn't it's, make any sense they're trying to they're trying to fit crypto into the the peg of what a, a stock is it's you know stocks are securities you know it it's they're, they're trying to use the old regulation from 1925 to regulate this new web it is, it is funny though because i i'll play i'll play devil's advocate um in that like there are a lot of crypto projects that were basically kind of doing that. They were trying to spin up a company and get their investor seed funding from oh, selling. For sure. For sure. Some. Yeah. So like, yeah, it was modeled. I, it was modeled after that. Like, yeah. Private many, yeah. Not all. And so in that sense, it's like, I kind of, I kind of can't blame them for at least just like when you're not going to be involved in crypto the way we are, you just look at things from the surface, you more or less see, Things like OpenSea, right? Those are the things that boil to the top. That's like fairly organized. There's like a company there. There's like employees, at least as far as I know, last I checked, I don't know what's going on with that. But, um, and so like, you just get that assumption of like, okay, so what would, okay, they just relaunched this like C token or whatever it was, or maybe there are better examples out there. I really don't know shit about NFTs and OpenSea, but it, you kind of can't blame them for being like, okay, this is just like a new way to do uh unregulated securities they can kind of launch so it's it's not like we're we're all totally innocent either and i think one of the reasons that i do like respect and like the cosmos is that many projects have taken a a more thoughtful approach to that and not to say that we're uh innocent across the board uh, i'm not even knowledgeable enough to say for most projects if they've really done it right or not but for the most part i know that like many have made a good faith effort to be uh, more or less, let's try and do this in a way that seems as truly like a decentralized system so that whatever regulation comes down the road, there's some chance of us, you know, working through that. Um, and I, I do know, like, there are a lot of projects um, and ecosystems that have not really thought about any of that. They, they really, whether it was just hopping on the ICO craze before that. Do you actually remember... Um... Coinbase trying to launch the lending protocol and the SEC being like, no, we're going to see you. And uh, I was like watching their oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I know. And and they, and they were the lady in the SE, and or the lady in the hearing was like they literally won't define what a security business was. You just have to guess we'll shoot in the dark. I'll post that hearing in the chat room, by the way, so you guys can watch it. Yeah. Very entertaining. Definitely. That was but yeah. that's another example, a huge one of that happening. Well, I, I know for sure which other which either way it goes, we're regulation i mean it's good and bad it's you know it's the wild wild west right now and you know there's there's so much uh, i think one of the only paths to attempt to take at this point is like be unregulatable whether that means like true like truly embracing the open source software approach to building everything from front ends to the smart contracts themselves such that it, it really cannot make sense. There's no one to go after. There's no one to shut down. We're using the technology really at its core and in all all angles in the way that it was first intended to and the reason that we all see value in it. And so I do think there's like hope for, I mean, maybe it's optimistic. I can see a world where we just get fucked, but I don't even like see DeFi being completely regulated to where, you know, every exchange has to, or every DEX has to have compliance or X, Y, Z, because... Well, what are, what are privacy protocols for then, you know? like uh, Right. Cool. People always find a way around it. And I think eventually the, the powers that be, call it, will find that it's easier to just make money off this system than try and, like, totally fight and embrace it. That That's, like, the kind of hope I have. <laughs> Yeah, same. It's like the technology, the people programming are always one step ahead. It's just the way it is. Because in theory, otherwise it'll just be a cycle, right? If everything gets completely co-opted, eventually at some time in the future, some new Bitcoin will pop up. Maybe it won't be a crypto, maybe it'll be some new tech, whatever, something with the same vision of like, well, crypto is no longer the thing we saw value in, so we're going to try this out. Like, I believe in, you know, the human spirit and all that, and like long-term just like persevering for things like freedom. And that's what births Bitcoin, I believe with 80% of my body. The other I, love, I love that you said that to me. <laughs> I really do love that you said that. I, I really, I think the human embodied, like humans desire freedom and all different types of variations. And I think like you said, no matter what it is, I think we're going to push forward for that. Uh, ability uh, and if again if it's not I agree with you if it's not crypto it'll be something that gives them that sort of freedom uh, so yeah I mean I, I think it is crypto to be honest with you I don't think we're going anywhere I really don't I think the US government like any government entity uh, just wants to make money off it and tax it I've said it many times I think that's what the play is I, I think it's inevitable kind of it's going to happen at some time. Uh, like you said, maybe not even in my lifetime earlier, it might actually be something, a benefit that my kids get, but I absolutely agree with you, Timmy. I think, you know, I'm, I'm betting more on the perseverance of the human need to be free on many different levels. Like I'm bullish on that. Yeah. I believe there will be heavy regulation that's going to happen, but I believe that it, it, if it is too heavy, then crypto stops being crypto and will just be birthed again in some new form. Like, so, you yeah, know, whether we find that balance, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't actually think 
I don't fear regulations as much as many things. Uh, I think yeah. I think regulations, the biggest thing I fear about them is that it may be the thing that finally triggers the tether collapse. And that that's my biggest single fear is tether in all of crypto and all of starting to well until last couple of months when they kind of started to diminish their market cap uh started to be like my biggest macro fear even just if they kept well, growing like shit this is going to be they, bigger they'd than have crypto. to they'd have to get china to comply with shutting down tether because it's like based out of hong kong and stuff like it's pretty untouchable as far as it's going down but who knows yeah, but you know, you know what you know. They would pull whatever stops they have out of their ass. You know, no, oh, no yeah. exchanges or like, tether. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they they got like some sort of intercontinental. Well, not even stuff. not even regulation. I just mean, I just mean that I don't trust tether, and it is a ticking time bomb. I'm I'm sorry to say oh, it'll keep saying it. Sure. And so that just might be the thing that sets it off. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. <clears throat> Uh, it is interesting to see its market cap, you know, since the the Luna thing mainly declining while USDC has continued to rise. That's a whole discussion in its own right. That I don't yeah. know if I want to get it. The chosen one. Yeah, uh, the wolf in sheep's clothing, perchance. But um, well, yeah. So real quick, I'm... hold on, real quick, just just because. Same time as every Wednesday, in case anyone did show up for some average boot camp stuff. Um, maybe you don't want to kind of hop up because there's some intense discussion. Uh, but if you have any like basic questions about anything Cosmos related that you normally ask on these Wednesday sessions, feel free to come up and request to speak. But if that feels a little bit weird because of the conversation, my DMs are open. I might wait to get back to you after the show. But um, as always, you know, any basic questions, that, that's the original point of these Wednesday spaces. So I just wanted to shout that out for everyone. Oh, and I apologize. I apologize, Timmy. I didn't mean, I know I started that. that uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is how I expected tonight to go. No, no, no. Yes. no yeah. <laughs> I figured we'd take a different approach. I just wanted to add that in for anyone who came for, for, the, for the ordinary. <laughs> yeah, but, I, yeah I guess actually, so I said I wasn't going to do this, but I, I had like a kind of bullet point list of things of like just bear market tips that I thought were good to give. And I might actually run through them briefly uh, rather than like break them each down, but use them as like a jumping off point and then turn it over to some of you guys who are here up on stage as speakers, Grits, Tank, Mayor, anyone else who's out there to add in your own tips or ask for clarification, whatever. Um, but yeah, how's that sound? Sounds good. Sounds great. Cool. So I... Super not financial advice, obviously. I'll notice when I read these, but I think advice is often like a hard thing because it's given in sort of specificity when it should be given to like mindset and strategy because like no advice works all the time, at least in, in investing and finance, um, at least not if it's a specific plan or a strategy or anything like that. So most of these things are just sort of like things to engage in um, with your time or like little mindset things but one we already covered obviously i'll just like echo it again because it is huge take this as like a time to research stuff not just because there is extra time on your hands and like get more downtime in the market but because you can research stuff through a whole different lens in a bear market you get a much more transparent picture of projects during bear you see how much they're still building how much they're still engaged with the community how much they are or are not abandoning their vision so 
honestly, for long-term investments, for those who aren't just trying to make a trade, but rather an investment, Bear is fantastic. And like Bear Market, for example, is like where I fell in love with Adam and like, because just looked into the tech real hard, saw like, okay, these things go a lot of directions, but probably up long-term. Um, another one, so actually this one's kind of tied in. So it's the, it's the best time to see if, we all have that maybe list, right? We all have those things that are coins we've been keeping an eye on. We're like, this is cool, but not sure if it's just a fad, not sure if they're doing it right. I know they have competitors. This is the time to go through that list and use everything I just talked about with research to kind of like hone in on those. Uh, I'm not telling you to go start like do bear market hunting into whole new things, but the things you already had an eye on and you think you already had an interest in, use this new climate as a, a new barometer to judge how interested you still are in them. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep rolling here, but do you want to hop in or ask any questions on one of the, the first bits there? Uh, white. White sea, and please tell me how to pronounce that because now I'm just curious and I apologize. Oh, thank you, no <laughs> problem. Uh, I it's Witsy, it's a short version of an Aztec name. That's cool. Um, I just had a general question, I don't know if it's directly related to what you were just speaking about. Is it okay if I ask? Yeah, definitely. Go for it. I was wondering if anything built on Cosmos has this type of a tokenomic model. Um, and what I was curious about is if it's possible to. For example, make the staking rewards that uh, are given to the stakers, obviously, um, determined by the coins that are not in circulation. So, for example, perhaps if there's one million total supply, I, and I understand Cosmos, for example, might not have a max cap, um, so it's like indefinite. But, um, yeah, I was wondering if it's possible to have a finite max cap while also an infinite uh, distribution. So, like... You could do 1% airdrop of all the total coins. Say it's 1 million, so 10,000 coins are given out. And then through staking those coins, what if you got another 1% of the remaining coins? So there would be like 990,000 leftover coins. So um, uh, what would 1% right. be? 9,900 tokens are distributed to the stakers, you know, because then you could do it infinitely, you know. So I'm curious if there's any tokenomic coins that are like that on Cosmos? Uh, I've seen, I not that I know of, though anyone else jump in, I've seen ideas like that kind of discussed, and I, I like them. I think I've even seen a somewhat discussion, uh, similar discussion around Adam. There's been many discussions of changing the inflation, maybe giving it a hard cap, things like that. Um, but not that I know of, um, but I think that's like an idea worth pursuing like a good one to keep on your mind and bring up in spaces like this um and maybe even keep you know keep an eye out for projects that do implement that um to, just, so like just to clarify because i think i 100 percent got what you mean it's like uh rather than so let's say a token does have a hard cap there will be a billion tokens in total rather than giving out let's say a thousand a year through emissions and staking it's 1% or whatever percent of whatever's remaining such that it never actually runs out. It just runs asymptotic to, to zero, like remaining. But at that point, the hope is that it's worth so much that it's still giving out a decent, decent amount of emissions, right? Absolutely. And um, yeah. yeah, no, definitely something to keep, keep investigating and like um, 
something yeah if you if, if you find yourself one of my other tips here actually i'll jump ahead to or i'll, I'll hop to you in just a second in case you can hop in but is like get involved with snow there's going to be a lot of projects that need manpower that maybe have a lack of funding but you want to continue doing stuff maybe there are things that are just starting up in bear because uh, of whatever reason try and get involved learn a new skill you could then maybe pitch for a day job um get involved in something you're passionate about and so like in that realm despite it being bare try your hardest to continue to like join discords and, and telegrams and things like that and eventually you'll start talking to people and for all you know as crazy as it sounds you might end up being the bug on someone's shoulder one day that puts that token model in their ear for something they build like that seems crazy but that's the world we live in so what you should probably like uh, join a Dow Dow guys Discord and ask them some of those questions. I'm sure they would not mind hearing about it. Totally, yeah, definitely join Dow Dow. Just look them up on Twitter if you're not already in their Discord. I'm sure they have their links there. Uh, I know a lot of the guys behind it, and they they love digging into stuff like that as as, as well as like most of the people in that Discord. So awesome, thanks guys. Um, Dow Dow is by Marble, right? No, Dow Dow's on Juno. And it's by kind of a collection of different devs, but um, some of the some of the like core devs, and uh, I don't know what all, what else they all do actually. But no, Marble Marble is a separate thing that's also built on Juno. But as far as I know, different team. They're they're basically like a tooling for the Juno network. Yeah. To build DAO. DAO lets you make DAOs. Milma, what's up? Hey, how's it going? I was going back to that staking rewards thing. I think Akash is trying to do something similar, like with an initial like high inflation, but like over time, like it'll go like asymptotically to pretty much zero. And basically that'll then be like data uh, cost is essentially where you're getting your staking rewards. It's not like truly inflationary at some point once the system's been built out. I don't know of any others in uh, Cosmos that are doing it though, but what's up? Were you in the Akash space either, I think it was yesterday or earlier today, I forget, it was called like Building Bear. I haven't got a chance to listen to that yet. Uh, no, not yet. I was busy with my day job, but uh, yeah. I'll definitely give it a listen. Yeah, no, I was wondering if that's where maybe you heard about that, because I had heard there was some discussion, but I don't know if they've made any more. Yeah, I don't I know. I did... Greg, uh, oh, yeah, they're polling for inflation rates to see if they're going to lower it because they were worried yeah. that the token price was going to crater and to like kind of save that high inflation for like a bull bull phase. But I don't know if that really even matters. I saw that. That doesn't yeah, make sense. Personally, I don't think you should cater your emission rate to the, the market conditions. Like, Personally, me. Diamond Hands should get all of the staking rewards anyway. So it should be the ones that are staking during bull bear markets, anyways. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good point, too, because also, I mean, it's a little bit of the same uh, idea with airdrops, where you do, the people that you want to have the vast majority control of your projects are often, you know, if you do a Venn diagram, highly overlapping with the people that are going to hold your token through bear and continue staking. But one of the other problems there, maybe not for Akash, but in general with that model that I've seen brought up, is often retail isn't able to be as invested and as accumulating during bear especially if it coincides with general macro bear conditions like in the outside crypto market so 
there's almost the counter argument there of like it's more so the big players that have the biggest stakes during bear and that will accumulate more in some instances it's it's just an interesting kind of flip side to think about yeah, definitely this is definitely a healthy balance but you know whale as long as they're uh, nice whales it's it's good to have a couple in the system that can make a block decision for people that obviously yeah. whales that like to buy the dick <laughs> yeah cool so I'm just going to keep rattling off points. Anybody feel free to jump in, raise a hand, request to come up on stage. Um, only got like a couple more here, really. Um, the next one was actually that. So like get get involved with something. Kind of already mentioned that. Um, if if you're still, if to be honest, if, you, if you've kind of been through the last week or so, couple weeks, what am I saying? Months, honestly. I'm so numb to this shit now. It's crazy. Like, I barely even feel it but if you've been through the, this p- past price action this year and you're still here like in this twitter space even it means like you're you're pretty sure you're serious about this you're pretty sure you believe in the vision and what's going on and so take that the next step reach out to small projects you see popping up uh, start, start start tiny like when i first joined like crypto twitter i was just like literally any project that wanted to maybe do a little video interview or just like give me some cool insight info I could make a thread on like that that was enough that was cool um and eventually you just you kind of make friends you find out who's building projects who might need help with what uh you learned like I knew nothing about excel spreadsheets and like data sheets and I still barely know nothing compared to grits here but like starting to kind of actually know my way around that in like a useful manner same with like uh, I'm more of a video guy. I do some like static image design, like my day jobs video editing, but I've been doing a lot of like site layouting and UX design for some of the projects I've been built. And these are like skills I could take to the Web2 space or just outside of crypto in general. And at the same time, it's letting me almost ignore the charts and just be like, I'm working on something I know is important and that I'm passionate about I can focus on this. And it's 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 immensely helpful. Um, Plus, it'll put you in a way better position once Bull comes back around to just be in the know about things, know which projects are worth having that nice low Bull dip bag of, and uh, things like that. Um, So next one, if you're going to do sort of investing uh, and like whenever that may come, I'm not saying, you know, now's the best time to invest. I actually don't want to speak on that at all. Like, that that's kind of your own thing. But when you do decide to start getting back in, in bear markets, especially in crypto with the chaos, even outside of macro bear, um, I think it's best to not really judge stuff off charts and indicators. Like don't buy something just because it looks so oversold. You're like, that needs a bounce. Like even if I don't really believe in it, because there's a chance it won't bounce. And that shit will just drain. That like can and will and has happened. Rather, start to, and there's a lot of different ways to do this. Again, not recommending anyone in particular, but invest based off of actual value. So this goes back to what Cosmos DeFi was saying at the very beginning about like market cap. Look at what value they're bringing. And, well, whatever metric you want to measure it by, because it makes sense for different projects. Maybe it's their current revenue and you compare that to their market cap. Maybe it's their, uh, like the sector that they're tackling and the average market cap of projects there. So maybe you're estimating their growth, whatever it might be, like almost ignore the charts. It's funny and bare because things just 
those don't matter anymore. It's really about fundamentals at this point. Tank, you want to jump in? Yes, you nailed it right there at the end, bro. I was like, if anything, guys, I'll say it. I'll say it right now. I've been 20 plus years in investing. When you're in a bear market, fuck the TA. The TA is a lagging thing or a lagging signal or lagging anything, whatever you want to call it. When it comes to fundamentals, be a fundamentalist, get real deep into doing your homework, like really sharpen your knives, sharpen yourself and what you're looking at, understand it fully, be a fundamentalist and gauge things based on its fundamentals and what it could freaking do. Do not just go, oh my God, this is oversold. This has to bounce. Tricky is absolutely right. Charts will lie to you all day long and they're lagging. They're lagging, guys. The fundamentals do not lag. It is what it is. It's, it's either going to be what it is or it's not. And, and you, you got to understand it fully to make correct decisions. So I'm so good. But like when you ended your, your, your sentence there, I was like, bingo, fundamentals, guys. I'll say it all day long. Fundamentals. Personally, too, I don't know. I, I'm a very anxious person. Something I've always dealt with. And crypto added to that when I first got into it. Boy, are you far more confident and less anxious in your investment and holdings when you invest off fundamentals as opposed to charts. Holy smokes. The amount of nights I would literally stay up all night nursing my like BitMEX position or whatever it was versus being like, oh shit, this project's going to be huge in 5, 10, 15, whatever years. I'm just going to buy as much as I can whenever the price is decent and just otherwise get involved with the community and look at other things. Like so much easier. It's crazy. Yeah, grits hopping. Yeah, that's actually a funny topic that just sparked something. Uh, when I like uh, left crypto in 2018 because I had to move to the states and whatever, I like didn't know anything about the markets, and I was just like selling all my money and everything. And I came back in the first year on the pandemic dip. The we had like twenty thousand dollars, and we bank we went to the bank to open a high interest savings account, and the guy was like. Yeah, you should take your money and just invest it somewhere. We'll be offering any meaningful interest in the near future. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, learn about the stock market. So I got into really like huge into dividend investing and fundamental analysis and those skills. Holy crap. I'm really like, I'm way better than I was. Like, I would highly recommend people learning actual PA and companies and trying to translate it over as much as possible because it's really useful. Yeah, earlier, actually, we were all kind of harping on about how when it comes to certain legislation and technical things, things don't translate very well one to one. But in this sense, when it comes to analyzing finances, many things totally different. Dividend investment strategies literally carry over almost to staking. It's great. Yes. No, exactly. No, that's 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 a perfect example. Um, So. That kind of goes back to the first point I get of take, I guess, of take this as a time for research where maybe it's even finding a new way to approach your fundamental investing, like learning a new little kind of side skill of uh, understanding dividend investing or just basic, like, just basic sort of like being able to, whether you do this with crypto or a real company will kind of benefit you either way. Look at a company's either balance sheet or their profit loss, revenue, whatever statistics you can get your hands on, you know, crypto versus mainstream. And just trying to yeah, digest and, and, it, losing an in investopedia. 
Yeah, like in crypto, I specifically look at like technologies and the differences of those technologies and their competition in that space and stuff like that. Like, like a lot of like strategies kind of, you know, with fundamentals, they carry over. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of, if you don't mind me uh, just suggesting something to everybody, when you are doing your homework, learn everything you can about that company or project or whatever the token don't just focus on tokenomics that'll lie to you all day long learn the ins and outs how it came to birth who who thought about it how it was presented you know you know all of those things matter guys all of those things really do matter when you're really doing your homework and becoming a fundamentalist like are they like Duquan or Justin Sun? Probably avoid, you know. Yeah, well, like, well, again, like I'm kind of like, I guess the kind of extreme when it comes to like doing my research. I want to know. I'm like, I'm Inspector Gadget. I want to know everything about everything. Literally, who who brainchilded it? I want to know everything about that person. What other projects have they worked on before that? Is it similar? Do they have the same aspects? Is there a fail rate that might be, uh, you know, attributing to? what they filled with before that's in this current project. I mean, I go deep, deep. And that is what being a fundamentalist is, is not just looking at tokenomics and hopium, but really looking at who built it, why they built it, who else is in like, you know, involved, what are the devs are actually uh, speaking good about them. And then dive in on those other devs as well. What are they in about? What are they about? What are, what have they done? You know, what, have, what are they contributing actively right now and also what is the community sentiment at the time uh you know of why you're researching it you know it's it's everything guys like really when Kimmy's saying being a fundamentalist and do your homework it is everything even like like sort of a layer deeper or just like a, a an aspect of that i guess when when you're like doing your research one reason to go deep is not just to be, find out oh does the founder have any shady past or whatever but I've I've seen projects before. I don't know what they're doing now. They're not big ones I kept up with. But like where if you just looked at it from a glance and maybe looked at the founder or the marketing guy or with some person associated with it, that they were involved with some project that you know kind of failed before. And so you might immediately write it off without doing more research and being like, no, okay, here's why that failed. Here's Here's what their association actually was here's you know xyz like there are so many factors and so um yeah just kind of like building off of why it's important to dig deep <laughs> like like don't just take anything at face value even the information you find within five minutes of doing research <laughs> yeah I, I like i use the basic like thought of like it, if somebody was to ask you i actually had this happen on the way here to florida on my plane ride uh the the uh young woman that was sitting in between me I don't know how the conversation happened. It happens. Maybe I showed it. I don't know. But I was like, you know, I, I, I do crypto or whatever. Uh, and immediately the question, like always, I'm sure everybody here gets it. You know, tell me about crypto. What like what does it do? Like, what's the purpose? Wouldn't you obviously want to actually be confident in explaining every last thing to somebody or like I, maybe that's the question I should ask you guys. If you have ever found yourself at a loss of words, trying to explain to somebody what Cosmos does or any of the tokens within the Cosmos ecosystem does, I would suggest to you going back and doing some more homework. Have you ever stumbled your words or not been able to fully express yourself 
on a fly whenever somebody comes up to you and says, explain it to me. Because that's what's, yeah, the, that's, that's what's my favorite, stopping main adoption right there. One of my absolute favorite sayings is the best uh, test of how well you know something is how well you're able to explain it to others. Or yeah. I'm sure I butchered the actual quote, but like how simply you can break something down and explain it. And Yeah, I, I have trouble with that because sometimes I get too fixated and I over-explain things. And well, the cosmos in particular, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if you're going to do you mean in general or like Cosmos? Because Cosmos is actually very both. Cosmos is hard. Cosmos is actually Cosmos taught is me kind a lot. of impossible because the thing that makes Cosmos at all important and unique, you can only grasp or value if you already understand why crypto and blockchain is important. So you can't. You kind of cannot. That this is why you might find yourself. It's a lot nicer that way. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go to like a totally uh, crypto non-native person who knows nothing and pitch them cosmos simply because it relies on understanding bitcoin and like basic crypto yeah, that's probably yeah, a I'll, big reason right? it still has a small niche community kind of feel yeah, it, yeah. you gotta know to be in it kind of but, you, but it's also the kind of thing kind of like linux right where eventually all the important shit in the world run, runs on linux but normies yeah. don't know that it doesn't make it less important it's it's that interesting niche of like function over I want to say form over function, but like function over uh, <laughs> public perception and, and knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's it's. But you should definitely like. I, I'm I'm really interested. Uh, and guys, please don't feel shy to do this and and be very very transparent and honest with us that are in this space. I'm going to ask you guys a question. If somebody was on a plane like like I had, and they asked you to explain crypto to them, do you feel confident enough to be able to explain it? And if if you do, hit a hit a hit a hit a heart. If you don't, hit an applause or something. Anything other than a heart, and be very honest with you, with everybody. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what everybody's response is here. It's really really easy, guys. Say it again. So heart, heart, heart for can do it. Anything else for can't. I see a bunch of, I, but I also see like a bunch of nothings. Is that yeah on the fences? Yeah. I mean, so here's what's interesting about that too. I actually don't think there's. So like I've maybe maybe me and you like let's share ours. Um, actually, real quick first, I want to circle back to that because I like that point. But um, Natigo, you hopped up here. I want to get you in here. Yeah, hi everyone. I, I just wanted to say um, when it comes to researching, you have to put on certain filters on because um, the crypto space is very clannish. So you're going to hear you're going to have to filter everything you read. Like back in 2017, everything that wasn't your project was called a scam. So if you read articles calling something a scam, you have to be able to filter and be objective and see why they're saying it. Is it because they're a rival or is it because it's really a scam? So researching is really, really going to be tedious, but you're going to have to do the work and then you understand it. And you can't research by just looking at what the company or the project says about itself. Look about look at what other people, other projects doing similar things and see how they're approaching it. And um, look at people who criticize them. I'll give a good example. Terra, I didn't know much about Terra and I got wrecked as a result. And only after all the crash happened, I found there were people who are actually saying it all the while and complaining about why it was a bad idea. If only I had done both sides of the research, like, okay, see the good and see the bad. I would have 
heard that and would have had the opportunity to process it if I understood or did some digging. I just always had it as something I would soon do, I would soon do, I never got around to doing it. So when you're researching, sometimes go as, if it's a project that's old enough, go to their first document. If it's an older, old project, for example, you could go to Bitcoin Talk if they had a paper, such like that. The white I remember. Paper, yeah. So, so you, you, you read what they say about themselves and then you see how they have evolved and see if they just communicated their changes or they just pretended they never said it before. So you look at things like that and you look at the Twitter, how they interact. It's, it's kind of a, an organic thing you have to do. And sometimes you just go into uh, YouTube and see what everyone says about them. Sometimes you find everybody saying exactly the same thing, then you know somebody's been paid. So look for someone who is doing something different. It's just something you're going to have to do. And of course, in all of this, go with your gut feeling because you cannot ignore your gut feeling because somewhere along the line, your gut is, is warning you about something that you've either overlooked because you're tired or too busy researching. But one thing you have to do, you have to have filters. You have to have filters. There's also regional filters you have to put. When I mean regional filters, a lot of, there are a lot of restrictions in certain parts of the world. So they're talking about a project that they can't access, they will dismiss it because they can't use it in their region. So ask yourself, does that problem apply to you or that restriction apply to you? And one way you can never go wrong and you will never be tired of researching is if you use projects, if you get involved in projects that you would use yourself, that you find are useful and solving problems. And I'll give an example. My first investment in the Cosmos ecosystem was not any of the projects you think. It was Akash because I was looking for a project that works. In my course of being in the blockchain space, I run nodes, I've run master nodes. So finding a blockchain solution to Volta or DigitalOcean, I was very impressed. Like, okay, I don't care how hard it's going to be to use. I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to follow this because I could see they were making progress. So something like that, it doesn't matter if Akash is two cents. I bought Akash from $7 all the way down to its current price. I'll keep stacking and keep compounding because it is useful. It does what I want it to do. The same thing with a, a, a DVPN. I've been watching that project because I want to use a VPN. It's something I would use on my computer. But it was on Ethereum and I've been watching them until they moved to Cosmos and watching and watching, waiting for it to get to the stage where I can use it easily. But I'm stacking my coins. It's literally evaporated, but the fact is that it's useful. Do you, That's do you why. Use one of their VPNs right now? Do you use no, I don't. Like, I, I, I don't use it, but I've got the app on my phone. I use a Mac. Which one do you have? Hmm, I don't remember the name now. I'll have to check. Because I think they're like Sentinel Light, Okito, Velocity, and one or two others, but I've never been able to get any of them to work. <laughs> I, 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 there's, one, there's one I saw and I downloaded it on my phone. And use it once, but it's not something I'm using all, all the time. I'm not really someone who uses my cell phone a lot. I use my desktop more, so I'm more interested in what comes on the desktop. So, so the so first, yeah, the center. I have the center on my desktop too. Yeah, I have brave I on my. Opera. I have brave on my desktop. So you will find that my everyday applications, as much as possible. If there's a blockchain option, I go for it. So it's easy. Yeah, it's easy to learn them observe them, research them while you're using them. But you know, if somebody comes up with um, maybe some cooking app or something, 
I would say, oh, that's a nice idea, but I probably wouldn't investigate in, investigate it because it's not something that is in the natural flow of my day. So right. if you take useful things, it will be easier to investigate them. And it also be easier to learn them because you're actually using them. Hey, Nidigo, so, do you run a validator set? Um, yeah, my husband runs Zen Chain, Zen Whoa, Chain Zen. Labs, yeah. Zen Chain Labs. Everybody delegate to Zen Chain Labs on Juno, if you can. Thank you. Well, Cosmos Spaces is not going to like that. No, it's all good. We're all Don't get to Cosmos Spaces and ZenChain Labs. So we got plenty in the top twenty to go around. ZenChain is out of the out of the fell out of the active set. So they need some delegation. Oh, we fell out again. I haven't checked that. I hope not. Yeah. I thought. Oh, I thought yeah. you were back in. I thought we were back in. I, I we're back in earlier uh, today. I hope not. Okay. See, yeah, this the, the biggest problem too with this, I, I hate I hate how it is right now because there's been one or two situations where you know I'm delegating to someone outside of the active set and I look at the person on the bottom of the active set and I'm like, I like them too. Like this is this is this is a problem, but there are things being yeah. done about it to further decentralize. Yeah. I, I, but, I, I I see that. It, it, I guess there's no solution to it's it's um it's crazy because somebody has to get out for somebody to get in always. Yeah. I guess it's just a case of who, there are a lot of people, a lot of validators that we don't cross, know. I think there should be less cross-chain validators. I think that would solve part of it. If oh. like every validator didn't try and run on, you know, five plus different chains, but rather had one or two that they specialized in. And honestly, that would really help with decentralization and redundancy. And it would also allow more validators to cement a spot in at least one. Now, the Cosmos right now is too small for that, yes, because like some chains, their TVLs are not enough to support like validators that are exclusive to them. Um, that That's fine. But as a long-term thing, I think that'd be really interesting to see. I think we should do some things that uh, Polkadot does because we have a node on Polkadot, um, ser- oh, sorry. And uh, what they do is uh, they seem to lock I don't quite understand it because um, the lockup. Yeah, the lockup. They lock. Yeah, they have I a validator. They have a period of validating, and they lock up all the all the validators in that period. So I don't know what happens, but the fact is that when you are in and you are active, you're not going to drop off. So that's the part I'm. I find interesting. So let's say there's a a period of maybe I don't know how long it is. I think it's a few days or maybe a day. I'm not very sure. Like I said, I really don't know what's going on there. I'm just aware that there's a lockup period, and you can delegate adapt into into anyone at that period. Neither can any validator drop off. So after that, they take the top, however many they want, and they are locked in. So that's interesting. I find that would be interesting. And another thing I like from Polkadot, I think we should copy in Cosmos, and maybe that will give validators less to do, is um, the fact that the delegators should do the voting. On Polkadot, you're obligated to vote if you're a delegator. Validators don't vote. Those who run the nodes don't vote. It's the owners of the coins that vote. I think we should move towards that in Cosmos because it will make people more involved in the chains and give people less, um, give validators less control of the network. Because I agree. See- that would be super interesting. Man, guys, Timmy, I just got to say, you run some hot spaces, man. I got to get out of here, though, guys. I got to spend time with the wife. You guys are awesome. I think you guys are spending some hot facts. 
I wish I could stick around. You guys have a good night. Peace. Thanks for stopping by, man. <laughs> yeah, you never know what what turns up in these. No, I love I love everything I, from, actually, from the beginning. I have a question. I have a question yeah, off of uh, off of what Nidigar said. Why why are validators allowed to abstain? I think that's so terrible. Like for voting, like everybody that's voting, their validator just abstains, and then your vote doesn't matter. How does that make the delegator feel? Like oh, I don't want, oh, I don't even want to vote. You know, wait, I mean? it, it doesn't matter. Your vote as a as a delegator overrides the validator, exactly. so it doesn't matter. If oh, you, does it? If the, yes, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If the validator okay. abstains. So, so what the, people, I actually can see an argument for validators should abstain. Yeah, I think they should abstain because they I've seen some politics in on Twitter where people say, Oh, this person voted this way, so take your coins from him. It shouldn't matter how they vote, it should matter that they voted. That should be the important yeah, thing. As long as as long as the delegators don't count, and that's fine. But yeah, if not, the, the, the delegators count more. So let's okay. say I validate I, I I have my tokens with the cosmos spaces, which I do, and I want to vote X and they want to vote Y, my votes will count for my coins for how I voted. And every other person who didn't vote, their votes will go with the validator. That's how it works. At least that's my understanding of how it works, unless something has changed overnight. No, that's correct. Yeah. Well, that makes way more sense. So what we should do, rather than trying to blacklist validators for not voting, we should be educating our community to vote and use their votes and be aware that they have the power. And if you ask me, I think we should take that voting ability completely away from validators, except for emergency upgrades where you need a consensus to roll out changes. That's the only case where I think the validators should be allowed to vote. Maybe we should have categories of voting. So all these routine votes, you get get the people to vote. Then technical things are versus a house kind of thing you know i think there's a there's an education threshold though where we approach that medium of exchange between the community and the validators who have worked so hard to ensure the security and safety of a network and the progress to go forward in a healthy way right like i think we're seeing adoption and education and people grow in this space to where they are informed enough to do that but like you know, the thing is, is that we're coming from a, a space right now where people are very highly uneducated and, um, you know, misunderstanding how to properly participate and very motivated, as we've seen with some of these drops that are, you know, almost bribes to vote a certain way. You know, when you have a community that's evolved morally, like you can't really have an ecosystem like this built in a way that 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 is that in that sense, because they have to have a moral a moral standard that they're built into and so much of what has brought people into this space right now is financial incentives right like even with juno it brought a lot of people in got people excited because they made money people on luna they made money they made a ton of money right and so those final financial incentives aren't good moral incentives to vote in a healthy way that moves the chain or the incentives that we're trying to provide in in a, in a healthy way forward so i don't think that this community in a whole is ready to do that vision. But I think there will be a threshold in time where the education, the morality, um, and the masses are at a point where that kind of ecosystem can work. But I don't think we're there yet. And I don't think we should push for that yet. You know, we need better DAO governance. We need better mechanisms of voting. We need better positioning 
for for members and community members and leadership members to actually make this not some kind of mass, you know, democracy, but more of a republic where there's a rule of law and there's certain morality and and, and incentives that that guide us as a community versus just saying, we all want this one thing and let's vote that way. I agree with you. Yes, we're not quite there. We're not much. The community is not matured enough to handle it. But also, I also see a trend where the community is sort of being manipulated to think that every problem on the network is the validators. If there's a bug, the validators should have tested it, which is not their job, by the way. If um, if there's something, uh, if there's a hack, or um, if a contract, if uh, funds are sent to the wrong contract, it's the validators' problems, even though they didn't write the code. So to get to the point where we start taking ownership, it's a decentralized system. And it's not decentralized by validators only. It's also decentralized by the individuals wanting to be their own bank. At least that's what we are taught. We should start taking the responsibility and start learning. That's my, that's my stand. Because if the way things are going, it's going to get to the point where people might not want to be validators on the, on the customer's ecosystem. Because you're expected to run the node. You're expected to inspect the node. You're expected to write code. You're expected to contribute. You're expected not to withdraw money from your account. It's tedious. So it's a network, it's a blockchain, and people have embraced it. They should do their part and should be encouraged to do their part. And we should not keep quiet when we see the community being manipulated or being uh, coached in certain directions to make it out that uh, they are helpless and uh, these certain people have all the power. That's not the case. People have the power, not the validators. We should let them know they have the power to make decisions and to educate themselves so they can make it. The journey of a thousand yeah. miles starts with one step. That's all I'll say. If I think that's the day they'll get there. I couldn't, I, I tend to agree with you for sure, um, Natiko. Um, and I also think that both you and Wolf, uh, opinions are not mutually exclusive. No, not right? at all. In that, because, because right, like Wolf, just like you said, that is kind of the vision long-term. Um, and I think Nitigo's angle slightly is like, well, maybe it should be short term, even if it's like flawed. And I think part of that, like the reason I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree in general that validators should actually contribute less is because just thinking about it in a long term way of things getting out of hand, expectations, where things go, unless the expectation is set that validators only validate, then where do you draw the line elsewhere? Right. And so it, it's kind of an open ended thing. So it's almost like let's let's I think there are problems with this. This is not like a method I'm proposing, but I do kind of like the idea of validators literally only validating. And if they do do other efforts such as build and stuff, that's a like fairly unrelated thing. Um, and prob- like I think I, we're really close to what you're saying. And I, I agree. Like we we this has to be in the hands of everyone else. It can't be in the hands of the validators in the end. And it shouldn't be, especially, especially like legality-wise, like all the threats and things that we've seen happen with the Juno whale and all of that, right? But at the same time, because of these pains that we're all going through and all this kind of scary times that we're all weathering, like this is the moment, like where we're growing at at the same time, like we're we're where people like us are coming together and we're saying we have to do more, we have to do better. And I think people are listening to that and they're saying, yes, absolutely. And I think that when we look at what happened with Juno and that that whole ecosystem as a whole, like, you know, it's really scary that 
things could go a specific way. But then all of a sudden now we've got the ability to vote on chain and have actual actions take place um, that aren't, you know, it's fully decentralized, you know, and I think that like what Stargaze is doing too with their ecosystem um, and really decentralizing it, like we're seeing the the DAO governance take shape. I think within the, over the next year, everything is going to be so revolutionarily changed and that we're not going to see like what we're talking about now. I think it'll be there. You know, I think that the governance mechanisms are, it's so thirsty for that because it's so becoming mass adopted in that aspect by is, is my internet all the incredible teams. Who see that in the am I, am I cutting out? Yeah. 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 It's just yeah. like it got, you were good for a while, but it got patchy at the end there. And now oh, I think it's busted. Yeah. Yeah, where I live, it's 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 bust. Okay. Oh, that's a bum. It was it was good for the meat of it, at least. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. And yeah, yeah, that's weird. It, it just got really bad all of a sudden. Well, I guess so. One quick thing, I guess on on this whole topic, John. I see you've been super patient. I'm I'm going to get to you in just a second. I'll make this quick. Um. So education is sort of, I think, the thing we all really agree on here, right, is that there needs to be more education, and that's that's the best way to deal with uh, many of the problems that exist and that will pop up in the future. Um, and so I would really encourage you guys to come to the space that I'll be hosting tomorrow, not on this account. If you look up above, I just pinned it to the top of this space. Um, I've been working on like two side projects, one of which is called Interchain Info, and it is slowly shaping up. It's going to be the ultimate like one-stop shop for any and all information about the cosmos, as well as like a dashboard to access all of the awesome tools that various validators have made, all the different statistics and things you might want to see for whatever, um, as well as just something we're calling the Interchain Index, which is just basically a massive wiki of just all projects, wallets, validators, everything in the cosmos, um, a section dedicated to articles and resources where we'll have things on like picking a good validator and uh, non-chain specific things, cool articles and videos that community members put together that we want to kind of give a permanent home and, and polish up. Um, and so that kind of came about as Initially, like a side effort where Spark IBC is the main thing I've been working on for months now. Um, and we got the idea for this kind of informational side of Spark. We were going to call it like docs.sparkibc just as part of our subdomain. And we're like, no, wait, this is this is like a much bigger thing. We need the community's help on this, which we've already gotten a lot of. Um, and so I'd appreciate I don't want to like kind of do too much of that in this space here. I'm going to try and focus on that tomorrow. But. Come by if any of that sounds interesting. I think education is the key to like everything from good investments to building good ecosystems to just being confident about where you're spending your time, energy, and money. So let's let's figure out the best way to do education together tomorrow. Um, with that being said, John, thank you so much for the patience, my man. Let me turn it over to you. Hey, no, no worries. That's a, a good conversation that was going there. And and I just want to, you know, shout out to Tricky and everybody else that I was able to meet uh, in real life out there at OsmoCon, Decentral, and, and I actually went to Consensus as well. So uh, just uh, 
I wanted to follow up on something that Netago said on the research piece, just being this is a bare boot camp. And by the way, um, Tim, I, I'm really excited to see what this Spark IBC thing is too. I thanks for sharing that. <clears throat> I um I wanted to talk about the research piece and talk about one thing that really struck me is how important the team is in the in the research that you do and the leader of the team. And so for example, I'll just speak openly. You know, when I was at OsmoCon, I'd, I'd never met Sonny before. And, you know, I, I did. He's very approachable. Um, obviously, you can, he's as smart as he in real life as he is on all the, you know, interviews that you see. Um, but I, I was looking for things like, you know, how strong of a team has he built around him? What's the vibe of their culture? How well do they work together? Do the devs work well with marketing group? Do they, is there friction? Is there drama? Is there, you know, it, you know, he's, does he have the skill set to, and it looks like he does, to build community beyond just the developers who are working on the project for Osmosis, for example? Um, you know, is he a builder himself? Is he pas impassioned by that? He took ownership for the, uh, like a good leader would, for the way that, uh, you know, the chain went down and, and what they were going to do about it. And he owned it really well. I thought, uh, those were all, even though, you know, I'm an older guy, so he's younger than me. You know, he just looked to have all those qualities of a good leader. Um, the question I'd have, you know, is if, if he ran into a lot of money, would he persevere through it? Would he go on to another project of a bigger passion or how long is he going to stay with this? I think all those types of things are very critical in your research that you that I just have not been able to get from you know, uh, white papers and YouTubes and industry experts and et cetera. I think you've got to go kind of go find that. And, and that leads me to another, you know, I just tweeted this out. I'm, <clears throat> I'm kind of recovering from COVID. I got COVID when I got back here, but, uh, um, I just tweeted out a little bit of key takeaways and, um, I don't tweet that often, but I, I, I did see that one of the key takeaways that I had was you know, you had that talk about validation right after Netigo talked about the research process that she uses and some of the important things she'd learned um, along the way. And I thought, you know, um, validators, you know, I, I, I took note of like Figment and Figment Capital and how much insight they have when a chain like Osmosis goes down, because they have to work alongside, you all know this, you know, and, and if you provide blockchain services beyond just validating, they get an inside view of developing relationships with people on those teams. And sometimes they can, you know, determine with a little bit more of interaction and, and working alongside and rolling up their sleeves if, if all those things are aligned on a good team and not. And so it just made me think, you know, that that's probably in the pecking order. I know VCs, you know, I advise a fund and, and I know we have a hard time getting a hold of project teams and you know, when they're they're leading to central teams all around the world, um, they don't have time to like in traditional VC to sit down with the people who are funding them or who are interested all the time. Um, but if you're working alongside them, they may be higher up in the food chain pecking order, um, getting a true view if there's drama or if people get along on this team um, when things go bad and they have to stop the chain. And what are they you know, how do they respond and how do they work together? And. Uh, so that was an uh, a little bit of an aha moment I thought I'd share too. But I just wanted to kind of summarize it all by saying I think there's a lot more to observe and discern around the team and um, where they're at in their trajectory. You know, if they're 50 people big, um, it's 
probably a lot more entrepreneurial than if they're 100 and 150 people big. And, you know, you need some of that management layer in between there. That's a big step for a lot of teams. And, and I think you just got to check in along the way in the research process and make sure the founder's not going to just get rich and get lazy. Um, you know, because sure that happens in crypto. That happens make sure they're not run like Kraken too, apparently. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it happens more. I mean, VC, you put out, you put out milestones and, you know, you don't get paid until you get paid for performance. But uh, in crypto, it's, it's kind of, you get it all up front in a lot of, a lot of cases, in some cases, at least in a bull market, maybe not this market. But so just some observations that I wanted to share. And all in all, you know, I, I was, I, I mean, I was, uh, I think osmosis, you know, from what I could see and discern, I, I don't know the inner workings. I'm just kind of getting started on on it, but it looked like a pretty good both community and team and leader in setting in that, um, you know, in leading that team. So I, you know, I, I thought that was a, a good event. But anyway, I just I'll stop there and just say I, I thought that was helps pull together a lot of the research and tokenomics and all this other stuff we all do. Great yeah. meeting you, John. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I, I think, I think I appreciate everybody who's come up here. Actually, you guys have helped to add a lot of details and nuance to some of my rather simple points, such as, yeah, there's a lot that goes into research, <laughs> certainly more than just tokenomics. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. So I'm, I was planning to wrap this up around the top of the hour. Um, down to go a little bit over. I don't have like a hard deadline, just some stuff I got to do tonight. Um, so I got like a couple more points I want to touch on here. And as always, feel free to jump in, anyone. Um, so actually, I guess really my last one for, for bear market tips is whatever it might be, uh, make a plan and stick to it for the most part. Uh, whatever that might be for you, maybe uh, like nonlinear deep dollar cost averaging is a good one so it's like rather than just putting in ten dollars every week you do you know more as the price gets lower that's a popular one not recommending it necessarily whatever your strategy is that's definitely not what i want to talk about kind of finalize it work on it don't feel in a rush to figure it out bear markets don't exactly like change overnight um and then stick to it for the most part so I say stick to it and for the most part because if you're like a little bit more experienced, maybe you've traded traditional markets or been in a couple crypto cycles before, there is definitely benefit to be gained by being flexible, right? Because there are things that can happen that you just could not anticipate, whether that's just a crazy announcement from the Fed or regulations around crypto, whatever. Um, so flexibility can be good, but almost never if it's motivated by emotion. And so pretty much at face value, like if these tips are sort of helpful to you, indicating you're sort of new to these cycles, then chances are just make a plan and like stick with it. You'll feel more confident. You'll feel more disciplined. You will be more disciplined. Um, and chances are it'll work out better for you if you put thought and research like we've been talking about into that plan. Um, if you feel and really take a like, hard look at this when the time comes that you can make decisions to alter that plan without any emotion being involved that might be okay but like second and triple guess yourself be like okay like come on how much of emotion is involved here there's some right and if you like detect any it's like nope i'm st sticking to my plan um 
even if that's like, I'm just not investing at all until X happens, whether it's um, price remaining above X level for a certain number of days, whatever. Like, again, I don't want to talk about strategy here. Definitely not my place to do so. Um, but whatever plan like you, you think works out for you, um, there, there's, there's a lot of value in kind of sticking to it and not just going with the flow and the emotions of the greater market, mainly because that is a way to 100% get wrecked, like without a doubt. So you can't really do worse than that. <laughs> um, yeah, that was actually like kind of my last main big point I wanted to touch on. Does anyone else have any things in general they want to kind of touch on? Bear market tips, thoughts on recent I think that one of one of the best things that you can say in 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 crypto in general is if you don't think it can happen, I promise you, it'll it's gonna happen. happen. It's gonna happen. And I keep trying to tell people that like along the way, and you know, it it, it seems to never like we all get emotionally attached, you know. And even as someone myself who in 2018 kind of got into XRP and like from a weird perspective and and got into it and got invested for a bit and 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 listen to some interesting perspectives on what it could be and what it could mean. You know, when you invest out of conviction, it can be really dangerous, right? Um, I think that there's one fundamental truth in this space, and that is that Bitcoin is a hedge against bad actors, bad governments, and that is something that is extremely important to the freedom of humanity, right? That's the one sure bet that you can have, regardless if this thing goes to zero, if it goes to hero, Bitcoin is 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 truly is it's it's a king beyond the cults and everything else that anyone wants to say because of what it is and what it represents as far as like being that important hedge against corruption, right? But anything else, all bets are going to be off, right? Even betting on some of these ecosystems that we want to look at and we want to believe in, like I look at DVPN and I look at a cash and I say, "Gah, these are amazing." But they're light years ahead in a sense of when they launch to when they'll actually be applicable, applicable to, to, to make sense as an investment, right? Um, and, and then sometimes that proves us wrong, right? Like sometimes some of those things where you think they'll take forever because of hype, because of excitement, like they just take off and you can't see that coming. And so it's really almost impossible to, to, to do any kind of research in this space and be right because most times you're going to be wrong and you just get lucky along the way. Dude, that's a really good point. Like most in, in regular investing, most businesses and corporations that start off aren't even profitable for the first four years. And that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I could, that, That's a common thing, though, is like you have to understand that that's like a normal thing in business in general. It takes three to four years minimum to like create some sort of success around your company and your project. But even then, unless you have some kind of massive capital capital, or if you have, you have that moment, like one of my good friends here locally in Texas, they became the number one charcoal brand uh, for charcoal toothpaste in the globe, around the country, around the whole world. Right. And because of that, they have this massive momentum and they, but they peaked, right. Because then everyone copied them. And now all of a sudden they are filing for bankruptcy, right? There's just like long-term, you just mm -hmm. to try to bet on anything in, in, some, in some of these spaces, you have to look at metrics that most people aren't capable of looking at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a good point. Like, honestly, there, there's very little that can even be in the same conversation with Bitcoin when it comes to this kind of big picture, long-term solid investment. Um, 
I personally have one other one, but like that's up for debate. Don't even want to get into it. But yeah, like Bitcoin is sort of in a league of its own. Um, and so maybe factor that into your plan. Going back to my strategy, if you're if you're overly bearish, maybe you keep it to Bitcoin exposure. Like if if you're into crypto, chances are you think Bitcoin is going to succeed. Otherwise, everything's a little bit topsy turvy and <laughs> and what whatever you're hoping for, but. Yeah, I think really solid advice um, from everyone who's come up, actually. I appreciate everyone. Um, if anyone has any closing thoughts or things to add or, as always, questions, definitely not in a rush to get out of here. So don't worry. Don't feel like you're you're holding us up. Um, but otherwise, I think I'll shut us down in a little bit here. I, I would, uh, Tim, I would just add that it's never too late. You know, one thing I always struggle with is it's never too late to do the right thing. My wife tells me that all the time. Um, and so you've got to kind of anticipate, I think, in this market, what what you have real conviction around, like you just mentioned about Bitcoin or whatever it is, and what where you might still have exposure to liquidity coming out of the market. So, you know, even the liquidity, if you're still in liquidity pools and you're, you know, you're you're looking at the pairs, how much is in there? How, how good is that exchange? How's that going to, how could this be impacted as liquidity moves? Um, you know, with what's going on with staked ETH and ETH and everything like that going on and, and people trying to hunt some, some levels to take some people out and, and produce liquidations. Um, if you don't have conviction in it, you know, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's time to, it's never too late to do the right thing. Very well put. I think another important aspect of all this is that if this is a continuation of what 2018 was, right, like as we've seen these things, and we're also in the craziest, most global uncertain times, probably in the history that any of us or even our grandparents have ever seen, right? So looking at it from those perspectives that like this is the one of the greatest unknowns as far as like market conditions and um, chess pieces at play that we just can't see or understand, you know, don't catch falling knives. And I was like, there were so many people when this first market, when Cosmos ecosystem in general, like started to go down, everyone was like buying the dip, buying the dip. And I was like, dude, too early, too early. Like, wait, you know, like the, the hardest lesson I learned was losing for an entire year during 2018, thinking I was buying the dip the entire time because I had conviction and belief in certain projects that I was going after. So it's also okay to step back and walk away and turn Twitter off, Twitter off turn your TV off, turn the news off, like, and just tune out and, and recoup and, and, and do it. You're not going to miss out right now. You know, you may, there may be an opportunity where, oh, you could have got that bottom. You could have gotten that position that you think would have been the position of a lifetime. But like, you'll always be better if you zoom out and you center yourself. Because if you don't do that, you're going to come chasing. You're going to have that FOMO. You're going to have that uh, co constant like laser um, focus that is is a damaging focus that will wreck your entire portfolio and take your entire bag that you had left to, to to make a position and in the end you'll have nothing because you couldn't step away and zoom out for a moment so just like best thing most people can do like right now is either like if you have a hard conviction invest walk away or pull out stay out and then come back in a couple months yeah whenever you do do it with some conviction though even if it's if it's pulling out, stay out. Like it's it's weird. Like it, 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 you can I can agree with you in that too much conviction is a bad thing, but also you need conviction. Depends how you look at it. But yeah, totally agree. Um, 
Cool. So I think that's a pretty solid note to end on. I don't see anyone else requesting to come up. Um, and I think that was beautifully said. So I think we'll call it for this week. Um, everybody remember to check back next week. Maybe we'll do a uh, more normal style boot camp. Check out some stuff going on. Who knows? Uh, this weekend, as always, we have three more Cosmos spaces, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Make sure to give the Cosmos spaces an account a follow. They're in here as a listener right now. Best way to stay up to date on all this stuff. Um, and then, as always, shout out to Terra Spaces for recording and for everyone who came up and participated in the conversation. I think we had a way more productive and engaged discussion than I thought we'd get out of a sort of bear market talk tonight. So. Um, just so as to show, I, I truly do think cosmonauts are built a little different. <laughs> so everybody have a beautiful night. We will catch you in the next one. Thanks everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was the cosmos spaces, cosmonaut bear boot camp hosted by Tendermint Timmy recorded on Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Laying there at night while I'm counting sheep. Brain on repeat, no amount of please. Would you shut the fuck up? Yo, I'm trying to sleep. Not till you write it down to remind your genius ass in the morning. When you wake up to realize it was nothing more than a weird dream. And you feel like everybody's on the tape, but things aren't always what they seem. What's real to me isn't real to you. Living this reality is barely new. And if you've seen this little feud, you'd be filling up your gas tanks too. We're living in a fucking simulation of a simulation Don't look back or you'll get sucked into the miscommunication All this dumb fucking ruckus, drink bleach here Keep a tight demeanor and swing for the bleachers This ball is crushed I feel like I wanna kick the bucket over, spill the fun, release some other means of hunting. All these silly motherfuckers coming at us like we don't got a bunch of guns or something. These are fucked up times we're living in, and I don't need the judgment. Free the suffer, no need to suffer. The leaders busted freedom, hunter disagreements wander. Cold streets filled with screaming bottom feeders. Take me to your leaders, blasting propaganda through the speakers. So if you wanna build, let's build. But if you wanna steal, get buried in the field. Double duty at the rocket, Rudy. Coppin' fruity, not a newbie. Got the rubies hostile, looking like Chewbacca threw me through the window. Fucking sue me, now I'm looking all hypnotic, bougie with a bunch of suckers I went to school with who barely knew me. Students sitting here, fucking clueless. Looking at the next duck, trying to see who the goose is. Should've paid more attention to the hole in the boat. Now tell me why y'all still vote. Imagine a world in which an old dying man's last dying wish is fulfilled. Alexa? Can you play that one sci-fi space where he clowned all the safe moon and XRP bag holders and then told everyone to buy Luna because it was going to a thousand? Okay.
I'm, I'm confused why we're not talking about the fact that you can easily, like, 300x your money on XRP. Like, you know, I son, I remember a time. Alexa, enough. I'm trying to reminisce now. I remember a time before Terra Spaces existed, when things that were said on random Twitter spaces would just get lost to the proverbial black hole of time. Time. That's the best bet. Why isn't Luna in wind turbines? Hey, guys, though? I'm reading all about these wind guys, turbines. Guys, do you mind if I explain Cardano a little bit? Because I've been in Cardano since like 2018, and I can do a full breakdown. Um, Just when you thought it was safe to shill shit coins. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. I don't know what to do. So much blood. It's so red. From the creators of your exit liquidity in association with we all love to hear ourselves talk, Inc. For more information, go to terraspaces.org slash donate. Terraspaces.